Radio Drome. Another episode of Radio Drome. Unfortunately, no Jared, at least uh, as of yet. But Brad's here. <laughs> yep, I'm here. I do know where Jared's at, though. I'm putting uh, the, uh, the, the the midnight screenings we go to tonight. Tonight we got three of them, and one of them is uh, Cowboys and Aliens. The other is uh, Smurfs, and then Crazy Stupid Love, or whatever it's called. Jared uh, was originally going to go see the, the Smurfs with Brian Irving, who goes by Virtual Boyd on the site. He was going to see that with them, and then I instead I, I was kind of moving around. I was going to put Jake in place of Jared, which tonight Jake will be seeing that with uh, with Boyd. And uh, I was going to send Jared to Crazy Stupid Love, although if Jake didn't show up, I'd send Jared to Smurfs. But anyway, the other day, before I kind of told Jared that's what I was going to do, Jared comes downstairs and he's like, well, I, 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 I'm not going to be seeing Smurfs uh, this Thursday because uh, Tracy got us Kenny Chesney tickets. I know I commented on his fa- <laughs> on his Facebook post about that. It's like, dude. Oh, you know, so you already know. You already know. I already knew about the Kenny Chesney. Uh, yeah. He's a, so he's at Kenny Chesney, and uh, and I'm like uh, he's like he's like, well, I I gotta go because I she went to go see Rush with me, and I'm like, yeah, but doesn't she like Rush? I, I I don't know honestly. I, I think she does. I, I'm not sure. I'm sure she likes Rush better than Jared likes Kenny Chesney. But that's where Jared is right now. He won't he won't get back till about two in the morning. And he says to me the other day, he goes, "You know what I could do is when you get back, I could review the concert." And I'm like, uh, "No, that's okay. That's okay." <laughs> well, have you, have you ever done that? Have you ever done that with Jillian? Had to go to see something she does or that you don't want to see that she does because she's going to see crap for you? Uh, when the first Twilight came out, I, I went to go see that with her because she was pumped about that. She was a big fan of the books. So so we go see the the first one, and, and I, I, I went to go see it just because she wanted to, you know. So, but after that, in terms of, like, New Moon and Eclipse, I look forward to those because I get a lot of hits on the site when we do those reviews of those. You ever done that with but concerts with her, though? Concerts? No. She, I mean, she doesn't really... I, I go to more concerts than, than she does, and I really don't go to that many concerts. If she ever wanted to go to a concert with me or something, I uh, I, I would go. But she doesn't really... That, that's not really her thing. What if it's a band you just hate? <laughs> I would I would probably do it. See, I, I, <laughs> if, she, if she really wanted me to go I, I would do it see I, I gotta say then you're a slightly better husband than I because I've dragged my wife to the Misfits three times to Guar yeah. and to Henry Rollins and I refuse to go see Boys to Men with her oh that would yeah <laughs> I, I just I couldn't I would, do it I just couldn't do it you know what? The, the, what's funny about that is uh, we got our state fair our Illinois state fair coming up next month in uh, in August and um Boys to Men is actually going to be there. It's Boys to Men, and but op- opening for him is MC Hammer. Wow. And 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 I'm kind of like I'm like, dude, I would totally go see Hammer. I'm like, I would definitely go see Hammer. Like, I'm I'm actually considering. I'm like, I think I might go see Hammer, but I'm not sticking. I'm not sticking around for Boys to Men. <laughs> see, I think my name is Earl. Pointed out the best thing about state fairs. When you get to go see bands you thought were dead. <laughs> I some of the best concerts that I've been to, um, at least for sentimental value, 
were at, at the fair uh, a, a few years back. I went to go see. It was a double concert of uh, the Bangles and Heart. I had to go to see and that. I, I, I loved it. I mean, sentimental-wise, that was one of my favorite concerts that I've ever been to. See, there was one near us, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but you remember when Def Leppard used to sell out stadiums, right? Yeah, yeah. They couldn't sell out the state fair. That's, oh, man. That's got to be an ego hit. Yeah, that, you yeah. Know, in the 2000s, you can't even sell out a state fair as Def Leppard. Oh, man. We yeah like uh, I I don't know who's I don't know who's there this year I think I think thirty eight special I think they're not I too bad teacher teacher <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't care what anyone says I like yeah, that I, movie I like thirty eight special uh, the Nick Nolte one right yeah everyone craps all over that one I haven't seen I haven't seen it since I was a kid because and I remember liking it but uh, I remember the reason why I saw it was it had th- that that kind of striking box cover of the apple. And the stem was like a dynamite. Yeah, it, it, the apple with the fuse. Yeah, yeah, the apple with the fuse. That was that was kind of stri- That was kind of uh, visually striking, at least for me. So that was why I watched it. And I remembered liking it. I, I thought it was a really good movie. It was a good social satire. What was wrong with the education system? And it had a lot of really yeah. powerful moments. And I think the only thing that really missold it is it was sold as a comedy. And while there yeah. is, there is a lot of comedy in the movie, mm-hmm. there's a lot of drama. There's a lot yeah. of hardcore stuff in that that's not comical at all, and I think yeah. that's what threw people off is they were expecting a wacky Porky style movie, especially especially with a box cover that shows an apple with a wick on it. Right, I, and I think that's what hurt it is it wasn't sold as the drama that it was that just happened to have a lot of comical moments in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to show my son that one. I recently showed him Pump Up the Volume, and he he, he really I... liked that. And I want to show him Teachers now. Yeah, that's that's pump up the volume is one of Jillian's favorites. I saw it and in the I, theater in 1990. I paid money for that. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it when it hit video. Uh, when it first hit video the other day, we, or not the other day. It was it was it was actually a few months ago. But um, Sarah was watching and and I watched it with her and it was bad. Uh, this movie, uh, Christian Slater, where uh, Twisted, the one where he's a psychotic kid. I don't. I'm not familiar with that one. Twisted was it was. It's before Pump Up the Volume. It's it before even Heather's. It's he's like uh, 13 or 14 in it or something, and he's a psychotic little kid, and his parents are going out for the night, so they leave him in the care of a a babysitter, and he like kind of torments the babysitter for the movie, and it's really really bad it's really bad um you know which one's like, really bad and really good gleaming the cube i haven't seen gleaming the cube it's a it's it worries the skate punk who's trying to get revenge for his asian adopted brother's death it's blood nice. it no <laughs> brad you love the 80s you have to see I gleaming do. the cube this is an Gle- 80s movie man i'll watch gleaming the cube i'll watch gleaming the cube <laughs> it's a great the one the other day the other day, my friends watched the new kids with James Spader. Um, the 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 one with the chick from Full House. Yeah, yeah, with Lori Loughlin. Yeah, didn't Sean Cunningham do that? Yeah, Sean Cunningham did that one. I was I was telling them about it. I was like, uh, oh, they were asking me what are some good Spader movies, and I was like, well, my favorite is Jack's Back. Yeah, mo- most most of the other ones I was naming they had kind of seen, and I was like, there's this one that he was in in like '85 called The New Kids. Some of it's pretty corny, but the scenes with him in it are great. 
it's Lori Laughlin and her brother and it go to a new high school. I wouldn't even call him a bully. He's just a straight-out murderous psychopath, is James Spader at the high school. Bleach blonde hair, um, South Florida accent. He's great in it and really creepy. Full-on uh, full on 80s douche mode. Oh, yeah. Like, take... If you cross, like, Billy Zabka with, like... <laughs> who's a m- murderous serial killer from the 80s. If you cross Billy Zabka with, like, Ted Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your favorite Ted Bundy? <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's, some of the movie's pretty corny, but the stuff with Spader in it is great. Who was your favorite Ted Bundy, then? Mark Harmon was great. Uh, th- that's uh, where I was going to go. He 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 got that, that suave sleaziness down perfectly. Yeah. The, the deliberate stranger. Yeah, the deliberate stranger. I like that one a lot. Mark Harmon was great, and the 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 guy from the 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 movie Ted Bundy. I forget the guy's name. I wouldn't go so far as to say it was a really accurate portrayal of Ted Bundy, but the guy did a really entertaining job. See, the part I liked about the the deliberate stranger was yeah. the fact that Dax from Deep Space Nine is one of the victims. So you got to see right. you got to see a young Dax get killed. The only problem yeah. with that movie was. TV movie, four yeah. hours long. Remember the four-hour uh, uh, Jonestown movie, Powers Booth? I don't remember that one. Was he Jim Jones in that? Yeah, Powers Booth plays Jim Jones. It was early 80s, and it was called uh, The Guyana Tragedy. I think it came out ar- around the time that the Stuart Whitman one did, but the, the it was it was a two part made for TV miniseries about Jim Jones and it was it was Powers Booth. It's it's really good. It's a really good movie. Well, I got one to ask you since we're talking TV movies of the eighties. Have you seen Death of a Centerfold with Jamie Lee Curtis and Bruce Weiss from Hill Street Blues? That's the same uh, is Star eighty, right? Right. Because the reason I brought that up is I just caught Star eighty on cable the other day, and I hadn't seen it in quite a few years. And I'm yeah. wondering how Death Death of a Centerfold holds up as a TV movie. You know, back I mean, TV movies were pretty good back then in the seventies and in and in some of them in the eighties. You know, if I if I come across something from the seventies or eighties and it says me, it doesn't sway me from watching it. I just I don't see how Bruce Weiss and keep in mind I love Bruce Weiss as an actor how yeah. he how he can compare it to Eric Insane Roberts in Star Eighty. Oh, it, his is Eric Roberts in Star Eighty. That's that's one of the defining Eric Roberts performances. Exactly. I mean, he I, I don't know anything about the real guy, but he nailed that character in the movie to me. Uh, and yeah, he was both tragic and sad. And psychotic and scary, all wrapped into one. It was very much uh, Paul Snyder was the guy's name, right? Yeah. How he's portrayed, how how the, Eric Roberts in in Star Eighty is very much, it's very much a Travis Bickle type performance and role. And it's what you said is exactly right. It's it's a really underrated movie. I don't know how he didn't get an Oscar nomination for that. I really don't. Yeah. As far as yeah. I'm anyone concerned, who says, anyone who says that they're anyone who says that they're an Eric Roberts fan really needs to go out and see Star Eighty because it's it's his best work. And and I'm going to tell our listeners, bootleg it. The DVD is ugly as sin. No extras, and it's pan and scan. The bootlegs from Mexican TV that are on the torrent sites are widescreen. Don't even get a bootleg for it. Get the uh, the MGM uh, big box for it. Is that widescreen? 
uh, it won't be it won't be widescreen, but you'll get it in a big box. <laughs> well, but but I'm just saying to get it in widescreen. The only oh, to get it in widescreen. The okay, only okay. widescreen version available is the bootleg that's off Mexican TV. I that, see. That's on the torrent sites. Even yeah. the, even the official MGM Burn on Demand DVD is pan and scan. Yeah. So it's like don't bother with that. You need to find it widescreen on a bootleg oh, to yeah. see it all, in all its glory. Yeah, exactly. And the the thing with that is. What causes them when they make these kind of biopics, and I'm using the word biopic loosely here, especially when it comes to things like Star 80, but they change all the names. Instead of Peter Bogdanovich, they call him like Aram something. Instead of of Galaxina, they they change the name of the movie. Instead of Autumn Dawn or whatever that first horror movie she did was, they change it to Wednesday's Child. There can't be a legal issue when it comes to the truth, can there? I'm guessing they're, you know... I mean that's that's a good question. I'm guessing there kind of is um because it is other companies that own the rights to say the, those movies you were talking about. Uh, I mean I'm just throwing that out there, but I'm guessing there is given the fact that they did change those aspects of it. And it's funny because I remember um we a second ago we were talking about the the Guyana thing. This in the Powers Booth one, but in the Stuart Whitman one, the one that Rene uh, uh, Car- Cardona, I think is the name, directed, a few things were changed about it. Instead of it being uh, instead of it being Jim Jones, it was James Johnson. Instead of Leo, uh, the 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 senator uh, uh, or, or congressman, I, uh, I know which one you're talking about, but I can't think of his name off the top of my head. It, well, it's it's in re- I, let's say in real life, it was Leo Ryan. I think that's what it was, Leo Ryan. In the movie, it's like Lee O'Ryan. <laughs> well, because you, you get the same thing with. Uh, have you seen the Belushi one that Michael Chiklis starred in? Oh yeah, yeah, Wired. Wired. I couldn't remember the t- title, but yeah, they changed everything in that. For instance, John Landis. When you know, yeah. he's just the Blues Brothers director in this. They he actually said, "If you use my name, I will sue you." They don't even use Dan Aykroyd's name. They just keep calling him Danny. In the they movie, call him Danny. they they never say Ackroyd. They can't say Saturday Night Live, and it's like, guys, this is truth, though, isn't truth a defense against slander? Well, I think the fact, I think that since you are portraying like a real, you know, I I don't know how that stuff works. I, I wish Ryan was here, uh, my buddy Ryan, because he he took a class on, on stuff like this. You know, I mean, in terms of like the Saturday Night Live stuff, I mean, it is it is a company that owns the rights to all of this. So, but at the same time, you have movies like like the Edward Furlong Brain Scan. They're name dropping Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth, and that. So why can't Star Eighty well, name there, drop Galaxy? There's a difference. There's a difference between name dropping and doing a reenactment. Well, no, but I mean, like in Star Eighty, they they. They didn't do reenactments of like Galaxina, but they still changed the name of the movie where she plays. Oh, you know, she plays a robot in like Space Wars nineteen, and it's like, why couldn't you call yeah. it Galaxina? It was yeah. literally just a name drop. Uh huh. You, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe like since they changed everything else, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know how how uh, how some stuff like that works. You know, uh, in regards to like Saturday Night Live, I, I, I sort of see some legal difficulties there if they actually did try reenacting like Samurai Hotel and, and stuff like that. Which it, in Wired was it? Didn't they change it to like Samurai Baseball or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, he was a baseball player in that. Which which was funny. <laughs> it was to, to me. 
the creepiest thing about that movie was how much Michael Chiklis really acted like Belushi. I mean, he didn't physic like, he didn't physically look like him, but he got the little mannerisms and the way he stands and all that. He got that down really good. The eyebrow. Yeah, yeah I mean, he really got that down good. The movie's not very good, but Chiklis no. is great in it. Well, and, um, then, and then sometimes you get Wired's a perfect example of why they chose such a bizarre storytelling device. Instead of just telling the story the way it happened or just telling it as maybe even like newscasts or something, they tell it with the whole Belushi wakes up in the afterlife and is being taken by his spectral taxi to watch the parts of his life Christmas Carol style, and it's kind of like just a bizarre way to try and tell that story. And yeah, it was a really what the hell moment. And and like I've never read the book that it's based on. Is the book like that? No idea. Um, it's it's based on a on the Bob Woodward book. But I can't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like that. But I can't imagine like a Bob Woodward book on, on Belushi. It's doing this the cab driver named Angel and and like that that weird scene with uh uh with Belushi dying in bed and there's Bob Woodward it was JT Walsh playing him yeah. um Bob Woodward standing over him going like why did you use the needle John and like real god i mean there are really good aspects of that movie and it's Michael Chiklis's performance mixed in with just the, god uh, just the the weirdest a way they possibly could have told a, a biopic. One that I haven't seen, which you might have because you're a big 70s fan, have you seen the Charlie's Angels unauthorized one that was came out four or five years ago? No, I, I honestly haven't seen any of those. I mean, there was like a period of what, like two years there where there was Charlie's Angels unauthorized, like Brady unauthorized, yeah, uh, Mork and Mindy. Uh, I saw the Mork and Mindy one. I saw that one. I didn't see any of those. The only reason I want to see the Charlie's Angels one, and I have an old VHS tape of it. I got a review tape for it. The only reason I want to see it is, I don't know if you've ever watched Farscape. I didn't see, I didn't watch Farscape. John Crichton from Farscape plays Lee Majors. I want oh. to see that. I don't nice. know how much he's in it, but I want to see Ben Browder as Lee Majors. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason I'll probably ever sit through that thing, is just for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I sat through Fire in the Sky for Ben Browder. Damn it, that Lifetime movie one. That thing was <laughs> horrible, and I did it because I'm a John Crichton fan. Fire in the Sky, the, the Robert Patrick movie? No, um, Lifetime did a TV movie in 94 called Fire in the Sky about the ozone layer. It was, it was like a Lifetime movie slash disaster movie. The ozone layer vanishes, oh, okay. which causes bugs to come up from the earth and come through people's vents, and th they have to use like a nuke to reseal the ozone layer. Oh, of course. Uh, sent Aaron Eckhart and Hilary Swank. John Corbett stars in it, along with Ben uh, Browder. Oh, okay. And the only reason I watched that was Ben Browder doesn't do a lot of acting outside of Stargate and Farscape, so I was looking yeah. up some of his early movies, and I'm like, ooh, interesting. And then I watched it, and I was like, ooh, stupid. So. <laughs> there are those actors, you know, man. Well, you'll sit through anything if if they're in it. <laughs> yeah. I got actors like that. Dean Winters is one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sat through that Lifetime movie where he becomes a father to an eight-year-old girl that when Yasmin Bleeth is his girlfriend. I sat through that because I'm a damn Dean Winters fan. Yeah, I watched the only the only 
direct-to-video Hellraiser movie I watched was the one with Dean Winters in Hellseeker. it. Hellseeker. Uh, that one also had Ashley Lawrence in it, though, too. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I actually liked it. Um, <laughs> um, I, actually, I actually didn't think it was that bad, but I only watched it because it had Winters in it. Then then what I think you need to do is also watch Hellworld, because Lance Henriksen, he, he makes that movie watchable. That's the computer one, right? Yeah, Lance Henriksen's actually pretty cool in that movie. Oh, nice. <laughs> and that was the last one of what I guess we can call the old saga, since they're I'm, rebooting it again. I'm actually really, really excited about, uh, speaking of Lance Henriksen, I'm uh, going to be at Flashback Weekend in Chicago the weekend of August 12th. We got our we got a table and everything, and Lance Henriksen's going to be there. So I get to... Uh, bring to sign um, the first horror VHS that I ever got as a, as a gift. It was a gift. Pumpkinhead? Yeah, Pumpkinhead. Uh, this girl and I was in fifth, fourth, fifth grade, I think. Um, as a gift, she got me the Pumpkinhead VHS, and I still got it. It's still sitting up on my shelf. Can you do, <laughs> can you do a big favor for the show? I've been trying, yeah, to, yeah. I've been trying to get Lance on the show. Can you pop uh, our email address over to him and see, yeah. see, see if he's willing to do an interview because I'd love yeah. to talk to Henriksen. Oh, yeah, 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 no problem. All right, our actual topic tonight, we're 25 minutes into the show. Should we actually get to the, what tonight's topic is, Brad? Why not? <laughs> M- movies we love that everyone else hates. Teachers actually kind of segs into that, that un- yeah. we didn't even plan that, but Teachers is one that you can't find a good review for. I love the movie. Another one that I love, which I know you hate because we've discussed it off mic before, is Burn Hollywood Burn, an Alan Smithy film. Oh, yeah, I didn't care much for that one. (laughs) I laughed my ass off at that movie at the parts that were supposed to be funny, and I don't understand just this venom, this venomous hatred that people have for that movie. Honestly, I mean, in regards to Burn Hollywood Burn, I won't go so far as to say I understand the complete venom towards it at the most i just didn't really think it was all that funny but i didn't think it was i didn't think it was the one of the worst comedies of its time like i didn't think it deserved all of these zero star reviews i watched it i didn't really like it but whatever i wasn't pissed i didn't get angry about it i just didn't really think it was all that funny well, another one that I love, and I, I honestly don't know where you fall on this one, is Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. I think it's one of the worst horror sequels of the past 20 years. I absolutely loved the movie. I loved the direction. I loved the acting. You know, whether you're a Burn Notice fan or not, Jeffrey Donovan is amazing in that movie. I yeah, love Jeff, Don- Jeff Donovan was fine on it. I loved the way it was edited. I loved the way the story was told. I just never understood why everyone hated that one. Just because it wasn't oh, like understand. Blair Witch? I completely understand the hate for that movie. One, you didn't learn anything different than you didn't when you left the theater for the first one. And two, one of the worst endings in horror movie history. See, I disagree with that. I really liked how that ending played out. I hate That was just mean. That was just pure mean how that movie ended i won't fight with you on the mean part i'd still say i like it but it yeah i won't fight with you that it was mean yeah that was just wrong on several levels how what what happened to the characters in that movie i was furious leaving that theater well and see i also really liked the whole and i don't like this term but the whole meta meta-ness of it that 
Blair Witch was a movie in this universe and they were all the big movie fans, but it was also real. I thought that was brilliant to handle the sequel like that. That was fine. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. I think that was actually not a bad idea for a sequel. It just didn't do anything with it. I disagree. <laughs> beyond, beyond being meta and beyond that there is a real Blair Witch, you didn't find out anything else about it other than the fact that, okay, there's a Blair Witch in the first movie and apparently there's one in real life. All right. This is one... I love this film. I love this film better than the first film in this franchise, and yet everyone craps on this movie in favor of the first film, and that is Predator 2. Oh, Predator 2 is great. I love Predator 2. I think it is a far stronger film than Predator, personally. It's got who the hell, everybody. Who the hell craps on Predator 2? Everybody. Even Rodriguez. Even Rodriguez, when he made Predators, he outright said in an interview what? he made Predators because he wants to show them how a Predator sequel is supposed to be made and not like the way Predator 2 was. And I oh, wanted Predator to slap the guy. Great. Predator 2 was amazing. Mm -hmm. It has better characterization. The, the characters are more real. They're more characters than the arguable caricatures in the first film. I think the slightly now dated future is a much better setting for the urban hunter than the jungle because for one we can all identify with gang wars a little more than we can identify with you know the sandinistas the script was better the gore was better the direction was better everything in this movie was better and it greatly expanded the predator universe in a really cool way yet everybody favors the first film and i've never understood that well, I do. I do love the first. I do love the first one. Oh, I don't I, I hate do love it. The I don't hate it. I, I just don't like it as much as two. I, I do. I do love the first one. And and are are the characters in the first one caricatures of action characters? Yeah, but they're kind of. That's kind of the point. With the second one, with the second one, with them taking it and putting it in that futuristic, near futuristic, very urban setting was such an original way to go with it because they did they did more with that story in Predator 2 with the way that they take it the setting they take it and all the characters and everything then honestly you would you would really expect them to do in a Predator sequel they went in my opinion they went beyond whatever expectations there would be for a sequel to Predator it's a very original movie and it really it stand it stands on its own I think it does, but I, I dare you to go find any review site out there or even look at the you know the big critics like Ebert and all that. All of them will favor the first film over the second and say the second is basically considered a misstep and that Predators, whether, no matter what you think about it, was on another step in the correct direction. And I liked Predators, okay? I really did like the third film. Second's, so my, fa second's my favorite in the franchise. I, 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 yeah, uh, Predator, Predator 2, Predators, I think they're all... I think they're all very strong movies. The second one is, I, 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 I you know, I've, I've never really met anyone who hates the second one. I, I, I don't. I didn't. I, I remember it not favoring very well with critics, but whatever. It also has but, an amazing cast. Look at that. You got Gary Busey, Danny Glover, Mar Maria Conchita yeah. Alonso, Bill Paxton, um, yeah. Ruben Blades, Morton Downey Jr. Oh, yeah. You got yeah. Uh, the Adam-12 guy, who's... I'm usually the one that's good with names, and his name escapes me right now. Um, you had Robert Davi. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's an awesome... First of all, that's an awesome cast. Uh-huh. You got Stan Winston's effects. You got the first real hint of the Aliens vs. Predator thing. 
And did yeah. did you notice the uh, one of the other skulls in there looks suspiciously like a Terminator skull? That was also yeah. it was also an in joke they threw in. <laughs> yeah, great stuff, great stuff. Do you know who all the predators at the end were when they all decloaked after he beat the one armed one? All the actors were were Lakers. Were they really? I they, didn't know that. They were playing down the street from where their set was set up, and they needed big yeah. guys, so they thought they'd bring in the Lakers, and they all got to customize yeah. their own costumes and everything. Tosses them the gun. Here, take it. It's like <clears throat> eight, 18, 18 or on the gun or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I highly recommend, whether it's to you or to a listener that's a Predator fan, grab the novelization of Predator 2. Yeah. It is really good. Half of the book is told from the Predator's perspective. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. And, and, and like, you find out, like, parts of their language. Humans, they pronounce them umans. And we, as humans, are considered the most dangerous prey in the entire galaxy. Because nice. no two umans will react the same. You know, you're fighting, yeah. you're fighting a, an alien... They're all going to basically, when cornered, react the same way. Two humans yeah. are not going to react the same. We are considered the most deadly prey in the universe because we are one of the few preys that can routinely get get it over on our predator. And th- that's kind of a cool perspective. And y- you get all these weird things about their language, like uh, the alien's blood. The acid blood is called Kui. And young young predators are called Yatjas. And it's just it's it's really cool with the half the book being from the predator's perspective. It's really interesting. I like that. So the only time I've ever seen that was in the novelization of Predator Two. So I'm highly I'm highly <laughs> like recommending that. listeners pick that up if you can find it used somewhere. <laughs> oh, fantastic! So what would be some of your picks then for movies you love that just everyone craps on? Caligula uh, Two doesn't count. <laughs> or Elm Street Two. See, I, no, I'll disagree with you on Elm Street too. I think, at least in recent years, that's gotten a lot more acclaim than it used to. I think a lot of I people have come around a little on that bit. one. It gets a little bit more acclaim than it used to. It's still widely considered to be the worst of the series, which I God no. disagree with. No, I, I gotta go five or six with I, that one. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. But in but if but honestly, at least. You know, and growing up, whenever I would read about whoever talking about the Elm Street series and they were asked about the worst, it was usually two. I always disagreed with that. It's one of my favorites. Me personally, yeah, I agree with you. I, I would go with five as the worst. Because I got to go uh, with three as probably being the best. At least that that's my favorite is three. Yeah, a lot of people say that. Uh, Dream Warriors. Uh yeah, like Caligula and Elm Street too. Uh, I was always a really big Last Action Hero fan. That one I liked in concept. I thought that was a really good idea. Really, really bad execution. I disagree. I think it's fantastic satire. I think it's really, really fun satire. I think there are. And I think there it are works. Parts. I think there are parts that work and parts that really don't. The stuff that's straight out parodies of what '90s action movies were. That stuff works. You know, and then like Arnold being in the real world and the stuff not working like in an action movie. Yeah, I, I think that works too. It's the whole when the, they're trying to get the emotional content and the characters are what I think don't work. But that's just agree. Me. Charles Dance. Charles Dance is the villain. It's pie. You Sicilian schmuck. You, okay, you just mentioned Charles Dance. That made me think of another movie I love that everyone hates. Golden Child. Thank you very much. 
I love the Golden Child. From the my mom took me to see that in the theater. I've loved it ever since I first saw it. Oh, Golden Child is great. Even Eddie Murphy hates that movie. Which he has no business hating that movie. I'm sorry, you can't do Meet Dave and Norbit, whatever the hell he's been doing the past ten years, and say that Golden Child is one of your bad movies. He was a- he was <sighs> he was asked a couple of years ago at a, like an Oscar pre-special, the, the one where he. Uh, what was the movie where he won the Oscar or was nominated? That he was nominated for Dream Girls. Dream Girls, that's it. And he was asked what movies he regrets doing, and he, in without hesitation, he said Pluto Nash and The Golden Child. And I'm like, Gold, okay, I understand, really? I understand Pluto Nash, but really, Vampire in Brooklyn's not on that list. That movie was horrible. Yeah, or or I don't know, I Spy. Whatever that, God, whatever the hell else he's been doing the past ten years. Daddy Daycare. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Oh, God. Yes. Which, which to his credit, he has said that he really doesn't like that movie. True, but still. Yeah, I'm saying, uh, yeah, gold, gold, really, Golden Child's fantastic. I love the stop motion effects in it. I love, yeah. the, I love the story. Murphy is hilarious in that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And then, uh-huh. and then when you read up on the history of it and you find out that wasn't an Eddie Murphy vehicle and it was supposed to be a straight-out action movie a la the way Col- uh, Beverly Hills Cop was a re- the original script for Cobra yeah. kind of thing. And I'm just wondering how different that would have been if they'd gone with the, the straight movie. Eddie Murphy, he just he steals every scene in that film. And he mm-hmm. looks like he's having a damn good time. And, 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 you know, maybe he was having a good time in it. I mean, you can... I mean, you can have a good time. You know, I've I've made some made some movies of my own that I had a fine time in, but then watched later and were like, "Oh, what was I thinking with that?" Uh, you know, maybe he did have a good time in it. He just didn't like the finished product, which is unfortunate. Yeah, because I love that. I mean, because when you brought up Charles Dance, I don't yeah. think of Alien Three or anything. I think of my dear sweet brother Numsi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I think of is my dear sweet brother mm-hmm. Numsi. But you know what other what other movies are on your list that just everybody craps all over? Waterworld. Okay, Waterworld I is like, not a good movie, but it's not nearly as bad as everybody says it is. Oh yeah, Waterworld's fun. Dennis Hopper's great in it. I like Costner. Uh, the movie's fun. It's a, it's a, it's an entertaining it's an entertaining uh, it's an entertaining movie. Uh, you know, me and me and Brian talk about this all the time. <laughs> Uh, in that, like, there's two kinds of people in the world: Waterworld people and Postman people. See, I've n- <laughs> I've never been able to sit through the Postman. I think I watched like the first 15 minutes, and I went, "Yeah, I'm done." I'm what I'm Waterworld, and Brian is the Postman. Who picks the Postman? I'm sorry. Was your biggest complaint about Waterworld is that you wanted it to be an hour longer and boring? Well, see, the thing with if Water- that was the case, then sure, you should love the Postman. Did, have you seen the director's cut, or sorry, not the director's cut because that's the theatrical version, but the extended cut of Waterworld that aired on ABC TV? No, I've only seen the theatrical version. It it you know how a lot of the plot holes are in there, like where did he get all this stuff and where'd that happen and how did he do all this? It's all explained yeah. in deleted scenes. <laughs> the movie actually flows much better. I mean, I understand they needed to get the runtime down, which is why these scenes were cut. Check out the bootleg of the director's cut. It's a much better movie. You know, that's kind of the same way with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which is a movie that I always liked, but I watched the director's cut of that. There's a lot more character development in that version. It's mainly with the Sheriff of Nottingham, because in the extended version of that, all of the extended footage is uh, Sheriff of Nottingham stuff. 
See, I've only ever seen the theatrical cut, and while I didn't like that movie, I didn't hate it either. To me, Prince of Thieves was it was enjoyable, but it's nothing I'd go out of my way for. I like Prince. I always I've always liked Prince of Thieves a lot, and the director's cut. The director's cut's fantastic because it takes the best character in the movie, which is Alan Rickman's Sheriff of Nottingham character, and adds so much more to that character that was already a really good character. I don't know. I always kind of like Christian Slater in that one too, as a whiny. Yeah, he was he was fine. Yeah, he was fine. Um, but, but yeah, Alan Rickman's the... character was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a spoon. Why a spoon? Because it would hurt more. It's down, you twit. It'll hurt more. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> like, it gets into, like, the, the director's kind of that gets into the whole devil-worshipping aspect a lot more. That, like, the sheriff and his minions, like, worship Satan. And also uh, the fact that the witch in it is Dareth's mother and had actually killed when they were, when he was born, she actually had killed the real Nottingham and replaced him with Alan Rickman. It was when he was a baby and, like, didn't find out about this until much older. In the movie, the witch tells him that. It's been a long, long time since I've seen Prince of Thieves. At least not in the 2000s at all. I enjoy it. What kind of, what else? Uh, I I go I go see enough movies when I hear people say how bad they are. I, I do the I, same it, thing because I got to know if it's as bad as everyone says it I is. I got to know. I I I, I just got to know. I didn't hate Roland Emmerich's Godzilla as much as a lot of people did. I did. I I despised that that movie was Jurassic Park called Godzilla. That's what that movie see, was bi- to me. You see, the biggest the biggest problem of the movie is the fact that it's called Godzilla. And I have no problem taking that aspect out of it. If you take that out of it, that it's called Godzilla, which is unfortunate, it's just a movie about it's it's a movie about a lizard attacking New York City. And in that regards, as a movie about a monster attacking New York, it's fine. See, I still have problems with it. I, I hate the horrid dialogue, the terrible line deliveries, the fact that physics don't seem to matter in this world at all. It, I, it's I couldn't a movie take about it. a giant lizard attacking New York. I wouldn't want physics in a movie like that to begin with. I, hey, I'm a huge Godzilla fan, and just you know, uh, you know the the whole kaiju thing of giant monsters attacking cities, and I'd still like a little bit of physics in a hundred and fifty million dollar film. I'd like you to pretend you're taking it somewhat seriously, or go the o- opposite route and make it totally ridiculous. The fact that they played it serious but weren't being serious, it didn't work. I thought. I don't know. I I don't. I mean, I it played it like a, it played it like a typical big budget movie about something destroying a city. I I don't know how much I can say it took it seriously when you have the scene in Madison Square Garden where they're all slipping on on like gumballs. It was I didn't think like if it was called if it was called anything else but Godzilla, I don't think the movie I'm not saying I, I think the movie would have been acclaimed. I don't think that at all. I think it still probably would have gotten bad reviews. But I don't think it would have gotten as much venom as it's gotten because it really is nothing more than just a movie about a monster attacking a city. And in that regard, it doesn't do a horrible job at that. In fact, I like a lot of the visuals in the movie. I like the fact that throughout most of the movie, it's very overcast. It's rainy. It's just a muggy, dirty day in New York City. 
I like that about it. I actually really like Tank Azaria in it too. My problem was the chick, the Matthew Broderick's girlfriend. I agree with you. She was just she, I complete she, Yeah, not a good actress and she yeah. proved it in every scene she was in. She was clearly blowing somebody behind the scenes to get that job. I completely agree with you that she's uh I don't know if you think she's the worst thing about it, but I think she was the worst thing about it. I completely agree with you that she sucked. She was she was she was pretty bad in that movie. She didn't ruin it for me. I mean, to, to me, <laughs> I've the seen script enough Godzilla movies that have a really annoying little kids in them. That... <laughs> True. <laughs> you got you got me on that. But those are the worst Godzilla movies. Damn it, Brad. You're right. You're right. They are. <laughs> I, I, I just but yeah. I, I I agree with you about her. I agree with you about her. But I liked. Uh, Azaria was fine in it. Jean Renault was fine. Jean Renault Harry was the Sh- only was the only shining light in that movie. Was was Jean Renault? Jean, yeah, he was he, of the of the humans in it. Uh, he, yeah, he was he was fine. I I just don't think it's that bad of a movie. I'm not yeah. saying I think it's a great movie. I just don't think it's that bad. See, I hated it, but I'm looking at my video shelf right now, and I saw the title of one that everyone craps on that I love. Invaders from Mars, 1986. I haven't, I haven't seen that in a long time. The Toby Hooper one. I mean, everyone who has this affection for the original film, guys, yeah. it wasn't that great of a film. It wasn't well made. It wasn't well written. It wasn't well acted. Yeah. And Toby Hooper, while his wasn't really all that well made, well acted, mm. it's somehow seen as lesser than the original badly acted, badly written film. Yeah. They're, they're both kind of bad, but I think Hooper's... It does have this almost in-jokey, we know we're making a 50s monster movie in 1986 thing going. Yeah. That does give it a certain tone that I really enjoyed. I haven't seen that since probably the late 80s. I don't know. Okay, because that one just, everyone craps on it. I've never understood why. Temple of Doom, for me. Although, people crap on that one? Not so much anymore. Skull came out. For a while, there. If you were to ask somebody what the worst Indiana Jones movie, they would say Temple of Doom, which uh, that one's that one's my favorite. Temple of Doom is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. See, I, I still got to go with Ark over Doom, but I never had a problem with Doom. I, I never thought that was a bad movie. I just think Ark was a much more fun movie, and, and it Ark didn't no, ha- Ark didn't have a screaming blonde woman every three minutes. I thought she was great. I thought Willie Scott was fantastic as a complete polar opposite to Marion. <laughs> but she just got of, annoying after a while with the constant screaming. She's, she's, she wasn't that annoying to me. Uh, I never found Willie Scott annoying. Maybe because uh, maybe it's because I've seen the movie so many times and I watched the hell out of it as a kid, but I never found her annoying. I thought her funny. I thought she was funny. You know, yeah, people will either on her short round. Willie Scott, I think, is really funny. I think it, I think it is funny that they got such an opposite character from Marion, and and short round is fine. You know, whatever. Um, in terms of kids' sidekicks, it could be worse. <laughs> well, um, um, another one would be. You know, you said you're a classic Trek and a, and a movie Trek fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Star Trek Three. Why does everyone hate that? Three is awesome. Oh, you know, you know why people suddenly don't like three is because of that thing that was said about all the odd numbered ones are bad. Most are, but three is awesome. You've got yeah, the... three's fine. Three gets lumped in there with like 
that saying of all the odd ones are bad, so people assume that three also sucks. Three's fine. It's a great sequel to Wrath of Khan. Yeah, it is. It carries that same dour tone over. Mm-hmm. You lose the Enterprise. It's the first time you really get the the modern era Klingons, you know, with the good yeah. makeup. Because, yeah, yeah, they were seen in the motion picture, but they really didn't do anything. It's the first yeah, time you... Re- killed my son! Yeah, you, you know, you, you've got the Genesis planet, you've got McCoy getting some of the best lines in the entire series. This is something I always loved even as a kid about that movie. In just the movie series, you get to see more of the Federation in that movie than in any other one. You get to see a Federation bar and Starfleet yeah. security and on board mm-hmm. these other ships. And I liked that. I liked seeing, you know, all like the, the Federation trader vessel that the Klingons blow up and that yeah. I wanted more exploration of what the Federation was like and that gave me some of that, even though it was only little snippets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it didn't... Guys, the crew doesn't have to be the focus. Because, yeah. personally, everyone loves four and... I don't really have a lot of problems with 4, but it's the weakest of the first four movies. And yes, I'm saying that over the motion picture. I like motion picture. I do agree with Harlan Ellison that it should have been called Star Trek The Motionless Picture since, <laughs> you know, there's 5 minute long, you know, beauty pass shots of nothing well, happening but music and look at how great our special effects are, but well, I'll tell you I'll tell you why I like uh, why I like 1 um, is because I I've never I've never watched it straight through when I watched it I watched it in, in in chunks like about half hour 40 minute increments or something like that and when you do it like that it's a fine movie yeah but I dare you to sit down and watch that especially the extended director's cut that adds like 12 minutes of more board of 12 minutes of footage back mm. into the movie it yeah. is a really boring movie when the plot's not happening uh-huh. It's a really dull movie at that point. And again, I'm gonna I'm sorry if I'm being a Dr. McCoy whore, but he gets all the best scenes in the movie. His, Dr. McCoy's a great character. But you know, he especially when he comes in with the beard and they drafted me. Yeah. You know, and he gets that whole speech about why anything that we don't understand is suddenly called a thing and I'm sorry, yeah. McCoy gets all the best lines in this series. I found myself in in uh in motion picture, and granted, like I said, I watched it in the sections. I found myself really interested in what was going on. I, I know there's not that much action in it, and it takes a while, but I was invested in it. I, I was interested in what they were doing. I, I was interested in V'ger and, and everything, and I liked these characters getting back together after after these years you know McCoy showing up with the, with the beard and everything you know um honestly i even liked their outfits in it see to me the the best part is the first 5 minutes the the scene with Vidra killing those three klingon battle cruisers that scene is yeah. awesome and nobody is ever going to tell me that it's not the way the music that scene is awesome the way the music complements it and honestly mm-hmm. it had that great character dynamic of kirk failing to realize the fact that Decker is what Kirk used to be. And then that's yeah. that's where their big personality conflict is coming from, is he hates Decker for being what he isn't anymore. And if that had been explored a little bit more, I think it would have been a better character film. And I think uh-huh. that was the problem, is they got too tied up and we need to make this thing look better than Star Wars. Damn, we forgot to write a story for this thing. Well, and I think they also wanted to go a 2001 route with it, you know. Robert Weiss probably was a good choice, but he should have been reined in, I think, a little bit. 
you know, I, like I said, I, I, I like, I like one. I get why people don't like it. I mean, you know, there's, there's, I guess there's a difference between movies that you like and no one else really does. You, you, I mean, there's some, there's some situations like that where you understand why other people like it or don't like it, where you understand people don't like it yet, you know, you still do. And movies where like you're just kind of like, I'm sorry, I don't get it. I don't like what you were saying about Predator Two. Mm-hmm. It's just there are these films that they seem to almost have a a, a sort of internet meme sort of hatred. Oh, the internet yeah. the internet says these movies suck, so I have to say they suck too. Uh huh. These are some good movies, and some people accuse me of being the same thing about movies everyone else loves, like why I hate the X Men films. I hate them yeah. because I think they're absolute garbage. I don't hate them just because everybody else likes them. I am constantly being accused of, oh, you just don't want to be seen as jumping on a bandwagon, so you hate the film just because everyone else likes it. Screw you. Yeah. The film sucks. Like The Hangover. Yeah. You loved it. I hated it. I didn't hate it because it was popular. I hated it because I didn't find it funny. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to look down on you for liking it. Yeah, I like. I liked it just fine. You know, And I liked it, you know, and I know that I'm like you know in the business of making fun of movies and stuff like that but i do try to point out that stuff that's on like the snob for instance is merely a a riff you know there are still the people that don't get that you're a character rather than brad jones do they i hope that by now some people get that but um that it's it's just it's just a riff you know some of these movies are really really fun to watch and you should probably check them out you know you you know you can watch something like uh you know let's say the pieces video you know and am i riffing am i riffing it yeah but you know, I'm hoping that someone will see that and be like, you know, this looks like a pretty fun slasher movie. I should, I should probably check this out. I spoil the hell out of it in that video. <laughs> well, the way I look at it is, if the mo- if the movie's over two years old, you can't expect spoilers. I'm so sick. Of, I mean, I still get emails from people that when we're discussing a movie on this show, they go, "Hey, man, I haven't seen that yet. How about a little spoiler warning, dude? The film's like 14 years old. It's not my fault you haven't seen it yet." Yeah, yeah, I, I get some complaints sometimes if I'm doing like a, a a video log review. I say a spoiler, which I do tend to say spoiler alert before I say something. But I mean, you gotta figure that in like a twenty some minute video log about a movie that I'm gonna get into spoiler territory. So we gotta wrap this up though. What's your website? TheCinemaSnob.com. And you, mine is 1201beyond.blogspot.com, and you can email me at 1201beyond at gmail.com. And this has been another rambling, more or less directionless radio drone. We almost need Jared to keep us in line at this point, don't we? <laughs> well, when he's not enjoying himself, some Kenny Chesney. Oh, he's getting brutally ribbed on that next week. <laughs> when he shows up next week, I say you and I just brutally hammer that home. Yeah. <laughs> He'll love it. <laughs> Night. Night.